As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. The Athletic. I hope anybody's not stupid enough to write this off. Hello and thanks for hitting the download button on this, the latest episode of Two Stars, the Nottingham Forest podcast from The Athletic. On this week's show, Championship Safety Assured, question mark, after a flawless Easter, Bristol City on the horizon, wild transfer speculation, and we'll ask, did they really play for Forest? Available for free wherever you get your podcasts and ad-free on The Athletic, this is Two Stars. Welcome in then to our once a week Reds Ramble. I'm Matt Davis-Adams, joined by the Athletics Forest correspondent Paul Taylor. Hi Paul. Good morning to you sir. And also with us, the head of the table, the big dog, the tribal chief, it's Nick Miller. All of those are true, uh, independent of the wrestling connotations that I assume they are. Uh, (laughs) So um, um, I I thank you for showing me the respect I deserve. Yeah, well that is is Roman Reigns who will be defending uh, the WWE title at WrestleMania this Sunday. Far more importantly than that, Forrest are playing Bristol City this weekend. Their nickname's the Robin, so I want to know Forrest players as birds, please. Uh, Nick, I'll let you go first here. Uh, quite route one with with these. There are a couple of peacocks. Um, Dennis, who was a goalkeeper in the early 70s, and Tom, who played for Forest in the uh, 1930s. Um, Chick Thompson. Oh, oh very good. Well, I know. Yeah. Yeah, delightful. And uh, Tony Woodcock. Yeah, oh. yeah. I would be surprised if we don't all have Tony Woodcock. Yes. Paul, you, you must have him. Yeah. Yes, we, every, that's playing it with a straight bat, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, very much so. Yeah, <laughs> it, it was. It was very much scan the Wikipedia page of Forest players and find the ones with bird names. I haven't. I haven't tried to. Yeah. I haven't tried to overcomplicate it this week. But I'll, I'll leave that to you guys. Okay, Paul, have you ever complicated it? I had Nigel Chuff. <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> Good. I like that. Uh, <laughs> uh, it's a bit of a push, but Neil Webb, as in you know the kind of feet that birds have. Yeah. No, uh, <laughs> Forest have had quite Forest have had quite a few bearded tits. Could we get away with that one? <laughs> yeah, lovely stuff. Steve Cockerell. I mean, I, I pushed it with that one. I was going to say Steve Cooterill, which, which you know I mm. think might arguably work better, but my missus told me not otherwise. Uh, <laughs> Oh, I'm a huge fan of you workshopping this at home. I, I wouldn't dare. I wouldn't dare. Oh, she that. loves it. She, yeah. she, she loves this kind of stuff. She, she's, yeah, she loves my puns. Uh, and Alf Turner. Mm. Yeah. yeah. 
Mixed bag. Yeah, uh, sure. I told you it was a mixed before. bag. I did warn you. <laughs> uh, I mine are even worse, by the way. I tried to find sort of largely obscure birds and and wasn't that successful. Uh, House Lee Martin, you might remember him from his, uh, <laughs> oh, his like slow spell a few years ago. Tyler Blackett faced Waxbill. Uh, <laughs> black faced Waxbill is is a bird apparently. Gary Bird Tools, if you want to go a bit more root Straight, one. Yeah. Uh, Stan Cowleymore. Oh um, no, that was oh, that was a oh. bit of barrel scraping. And finally, Lee Chapman's bristle tyrant. Uh, Chapman's <laughs> bristle tyrant is a bird, apparently. So, thanks Wikipedia for that. Uh, right, later on we'll finish off what we started with our squad audit. But first, it's nearly party time. Vinovic. He's been at the heart of everything good that they've done so far this afternoon and he's involved here as well. Still Kravinovic. Now Graben. Lewis Graben going for goal! And that is some way to snap his goal-scoring drought. And Nottingham Forest have doubled their lead. So since we last spoke, Forest have taken a giant stride towards securing their championship status after a pair of wins against Cardiff and QPR over the Easter weekend. James Garner's strike secured the points in South Wales before he was again amongst the scorers in the 3-1 City Ground success against Rangers on Easter Monday. So as we record, Forrest 13 points ahead of third bottom Rotherham, even with their ridiculous amount of games in hand, um, Nick, surely they're not going to catch Forrest. We, we can say we're safe. I think so, yeah. I I, I suspect, and this is, uh, I, I'm really, really sorry for the fate tempting here, but I, I think that Forrest could probably lose the last six games and still stay up. Um I re- yeah, I reckon 47-48 will do it um, this season if Rotherham have got those games in hand. But even if they pick up points, uh, if, if they pick up points as in, at the same rate as they have for the rest of the season, they'll still only be on 45-46. Um, so make a note of this. Make a note of the timestamp on the podcast and play it back to me <laughs> after some calamitous defeat to Stoke in a, couple, in a few weeks. I mean, it really was the perfect timing, Paul, not just in terms of Forrest getting those two wins, but Rotherham losing both games. The Millwall one away, fair enough, but Wickham at home getting thumped. What that's going to do to their morale for the rest of the season compared to how Forrest are feeling after back-to-back wins? I, I feel a bit sorry for Rotherham because they've got, they've got four games in seven days now or something ridiculous like that. And how is that a fair way of deciding the relegation battle? I know it's, it's out of everybody's hands, it's because of COVID, but, you know, a team that's already losing, already lacking confidence has, has got to go through the incredible fatigue and physical demands of playing four games in such a, a short space of time. Four games that mean so much. So I feel a little bit of sympathy for them. I, I think I've always had a bit of a soft spot for Rotherham, if I'm honest. I like the way they do things. And he, they've got a very good manager who always speaks a lot of sense. He's very honest. And his, his post-match press conferences are always enjoyable because he just talks straight. He doesn't come out with any manager garbled nonsense or cliche. He just says it as it is. And I like that. Uh, I think players might appreciate that as well. But uh, are Forest safe? Probably, but I think I've I've seen Forest for long enough now to know that I'm I'm going to be looking over my shoulder just a little bit for a little while yet. So you were in South Wales, Paul, last mm. weekend. Uh, there was an incident at Costa that that passed off relatively peacefully, from what I saw <laughs> from your uh, Twitter timeline. Forest scored from their only shot on target. D- does that mean that they were lucky to get the win? Uh. No, I don't think so. I mean, it, it, it won't go down as the most spe- spectacular win in history, but, you know, uh, 
Forest for spells with a better side. They they really worked hard against a, a, a Cardiff team that have all the qualities you might expect. Uh, strong, physical, direct, real threat from set pieces. I think Chris Hewton got his, his team selection spot on. Uh, raised a few eyebrows before kickoff, but within five minutes it kind of made sense because they just they were able to compete with all the strengths that that Cardiff have, and it, it just worked really well. Uh, I think he he got it right, and it was the kind of result that you kind of always expected from Forest. To be fair, they haven't scored a lot of goals; they've been tight at the back, and they ground out a one nil win that until more recently was was their traditional way of doing things lately. Nick, I mentioned uh, Garner there and, and his contributions across these two games. I, I know we've spoken a lot about him in recent weeks, but but I wonder if even still we're undervaluing the contribution he's made. I, I think he's he's got to be up there with the best signings Forrest have made this season. Oh yeah, de- definitely. It's just the way he's kind of um, brought a bit of calm to midfield and, and knitted everything together, which is so impressive. And then obviously come, come up with a couple of goals in the, the last two games as well. Uh, if, if anyone at Manchester United is listening to this, I would just like to clarify that that was all that, that was all uh, a joke. Uh, he's been terrible. Terrible. <laughs> awful <laughs> player. I think I'm really, really am. I really do think I'm doing you a favour here by saying you should release him instantly and uh, uh, insist that he only signs for Forrest after that. I kind of get John Terry vibes in a good way, Paul, with, with Garner, in that you just think, well, he's too good to be playing at this level so we, we just enjoy him while he's here and be grateful for that I wouldn't want to get too carried away after a handful of games but I am going to get carried away after a handful of games he, he is brilliant he he is going to be a player he he will grace the Premier League and I suspect probably has a future playing in the middle of the pitch for Manchester United he's just got that bit of quality he's great at winning the ball back he works hard he's got energy he's stronger than he looks he can't half pass a ball he, he's got intelligence he can see he can see things that other players can't on the pitch he, he, he's just so valuable to Forrest in in the way that he even just simply getting the ball out to the flanks a little bit quicker puts them on the front foot and gets them attacking and and and, and I think it's made a world of difference Chris Hewton's side and it, without exaggeration if, if Forrest can't get him back this summer and let's hope he can he is terrible he's awful only let him come here uh, <laughs> if they can't get him back for any reason then this is going to be Chris Hewton's biggest problem replacing a lone player because he is that integral to the way that they've played recently that, that he will leave a massive void if he doesn't return so he was on target as well against QPR at the city ground on, on Easter Easter Monday if the, if the Cardiff win was about substance was QPR a, a bit more stylish yeah, everything just seemed to click for once. You know, you kind of sat there thinking, "Oh, yeah, this is what they're capable of." Uh, they they started with urgency, with tempo, with with confidence, and kick, passing the ball around brilliantly. And for once, they just put their chances away. You know, it, it, it's a really boring, cliched thing to say, but that's been their problem all season. They've created chances and not put them away against QPR. They just turned it round a little bit and 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 really made the most of the opportunities. In, in fairness, uh, uh, having said all of that, they probably did miss quite a few chances as well because they probably should have won 5 or 6 nil, uh, 5 or 6 one rather than just 3-1 because they did miss other opportunities. But the quality of the three goals in different ways w- was just so good and it, it, it bodes bodes well for the future, particularly with Lewis Graben. If you can get Lewis Graben firing all cylinders again, he could be a massive asset still next season. I know not everybody agrees with me on that front, because he's you know approaching his 34th birthday but I still think this season has been more to do with these injuries and not being fully sharp if you're getting fully sharp again next season I still think he's got got something to offer I think he's a good player 
Yeah, still three years younger than Glenn Murray. Um, mm. Nick, I was unnerved by this. Forrest scored three goals in one game. They had 20 shots in the match. Uh, it, it was most unforest like Yeah, it was odd having kind of... Uh, when was the third goal? It was about after about an hour, maybe just after that. Odd having basically a, a, a game wrapped up by that early, that early stage. Obviously, the the grabbing goal was a brilliant strike from outside the box, and you know Garner was one of those. If he says he meant it, then fair enough. But the the the, the things that were were really encouraging to me were the go- firstly the goals, well the goals goal against Cardiff and uh, the first goal, because they were just really well worked. Not maybe intricate is the is the wrong word. But goals where you think, okay, well they've planned to do that and it's worked, and maybe it, maybe it was the kind of the the international break and a bit of work on the training ground. Maybe it is just the um, you know having uh, Chris Hewton having worked on that kind of thing for what six months now, and it's kind of finally coming to fruition. But it it was the performance, but it was those two goals that really really encouraged me from from these couple of games. It just looks like there's a plan and it's kind of starting to work now, which is, you know, unusual unusual this season, but uh, certainly bodes well for next season. Nicholas Randall mentioned it in the first part of that Q&A, Paul, but I do, I do feel the more the weeks go by that Forrest are lucky to have Chris Hutton as manager. Maybe lucky is the wrong word, but they've made a, a really good appointment there. These last few weeks, I know Forrest haven't been scoring much, but, but they look an obdurate opponent and also actually capable of, of kicking mm. on a bit next season. When when he was first appointed, there were still whispers behind the scenes, quiet quiet talk of Forrest still making the playoffs. And I, I think that was always overly ambitious, just purely because so many people under, underestimated the task he took on. He had so much to tidy up, so much to so much work to do to steady the ship and get Forrest going in the right direction but slowly and surely and it has taken time it's been a gradual thing rather than a a huge new manager bounce but slowly but surely he's stamped his influence on things and you can see his fingerprints on the side now and it does feel very much like you know with a handful of signings and quite a few departures if we're entirely honest uh, they will have a squad next season that's capable of challenging for far more He's right when he talks about, you know, let's not get carried away and talk about automatic promotion because of the the quality of teams that are likely to come down. Forest aren't there yet, and I don't think they're going to be realistically unless they make some stupendous signings in the summer. But they are hopefully in a position where, with the right additions, by holding on to the right players in the squad, I, I don't think it's unrealistic for them to at least talk about or at least aim for a top six finish just as they did at the start of the season. And that's largely because of Chris Hewton. He's turned this squad around into a squad that you look at now and think, well, maybe with this, this and this, that they can do it. And there is a foundation there. Uh, I guess I'm trying to say in a very long-winded fashion. He's created a foundation on which they can build to be a better side next season. And that's partly because of the work he's done and the identity he's given them, and the way he sort of highlighted the players in this squad that will have a part to play moving forward. I really like the job he's done, and I think it would be really cruel and unfair on him if the standard of the job he's done goes under the radar, because it hasn't just been a... It hasn't just been a fluke that they've got themselves out of trouble. I think with a different manager, they might have been in far more trouble than than, than people realise. Nick, do you think that we, we gave him enough props like when he came in and when I say we I mean me essentially when my <laughs> opinion was oh okay we'll, we'll get him in and then he'll keep us up but it, it won't be very pretty whereas as that actually looks like he's laying the foundations hopefully for something a bit grander than that 
Yeah, I mean, uh, so, so so just to clarify, am I, am I being asked to defend your opinion here? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I, I I don't know. I kind of assumed you thought maybe as well that uh, it's going to be pragmatic. It's going to be kind of grindy. It's not going to be great to watch, but you know, winning's winning. To a point, yeah. I think I think I was probably of, of a similar mindset that you would be quite. Yeah, as you said, Grimm's maybe not the word, but um, fairly kind of basic football, stabilising stuff, get things secure and setting it up for next season. But, you know, if Forest wins, say, I don't know, three of the remaining six games, then um, there's, a, you know, there's a half chance of even finishing in the top half, which will be probably flatter the, the kind of season in general, but will be a kind of, you know, just a, a really good... Um, uh, a, a reflection perhaps on uh, the kind of uh, I, I know people talk, talk a lot about underlying numbers but the sort of underlying work that uh, Hewton has done in the last few months which is now kind of being shown on the pitch A tweet from Steve asking about the length of Chris Hewton's contract uh, after some extensive digging we've managed to find the answer Yes he's got a two year contract I think you know without making too many comparisons with, with the job he did at Brighton he kind of took over there around December time, I think, uh, and they 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 had a bit more of a flirtation with relegation, I think. But the next season they challenged mm-hmm. uh, for for promotion. I think they finished third and missed out by goal difference alone. Then lost in the playoffs, and then the following season they they went up. And you'd be very happy if if Forrest took a a similar path next season. There are certainly signs that he's he's on the right road towards achieving that. But uh, you know, let let's hope that history repeats itself and Forrest are indeed. Challenging next season, and maybe he gets a contract extension. We'll we'll see. It'd just be nice for him to play a game in front of fans, wouldn't it? You know, he, he could be the one Forest manager in history that's never managed a game in front of supporters, or at least home supporters. Anyway, that that would be a, a truly bizarre statistic to carry with you through the rest of your career, wouldn't it? Well, Hutton's going to take Forest to Bristol City this coming weekend. We'll look ahead to that game later. But next, we'll talk transfers. So on last week's pod, we conducted an audit of the current Forest squad. That's available in the archives if you missed it. We were supposed to round it off by looking at areas the Reds need to strengthen in, but because we went long on the current squad, we thought we'd have a look at transfers this week. Also chimes nicely with the piece Paul's written for The Athletic on the state of the Forest squad. Theathletic.com slash Forest pod is the place to go to sign up if you're not currently a subscriber. Um, Nick, I'm going to let you go first. What positions are you looking to fill? Who are you buying specifically? Let's let's fling some names about and, and see if any uh, clickbait sites pick them up. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, I mean, I think possibly the first thing I'd, I'd look at if we are kind of assuming that um, that people from Manchester United aren't listening to this podcast and, and haven't quite bought the idea that James Garner's terrible and they should release him to us. Uh, so some sort of uh, creativity in central midfield um, and Alex Mauer would be the the very much the first choice. Now, this could be very well scuppered, but scuppered by Barnsley being in the Premier League next season. But um, <laughs> if they don't go up, then um, even though from from a footballing perspective, Barnsley are uh, a slightly more attractive proposition than Forest, and he may well get. Uh, other offers he probably well he, he def- definitely will get other offers but he's out of contract in the summer 
he's a brilliant player. He can play kind of in a couple of different positions in midfield, a bit, you know, in the number 10 role and a little bit deeper. And he's just been exceptional for, for Barnsley this season. I've liked him ever since he came through at Leeds. And I, I, I was, I mean, you know, history has proved that, you know, Leeds haven't done a, a bad job since, but I was always slightly curious what's, as to why they, they let him go when they did. Um, I would, you know, he, he, you'd, you'd need to offer him a, a decent salary, but for the quality of player that that he is and the kind of role that he could fill at Forest, then you know he'd be he'd be exceptional. Um, another s- s- slightly different player, but in a sort of similar role. I think Conor Hurahan's contract is up at the end of this season as well. Uh, again, been brilliant for Swansea, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, again, sort of may may well depend on whether whether Swansea go up and whether they want to. Um, and if, if they don't go up whether, whether they want to sign him but um, if he's available then I think Forrest should sort of really get involved involved with him so yeah in terms of the, some a Ghana replacement those are a couple of um, players that could be available on a free transfer um, that, uh, that Forrest could be interested in uh, Mowit by the way seven goals seven assists in the champ this season maybe Mowit depends on on your tomato tomato perspective I suppose um, Luke had asked about the chance of us uh, signing him as well I mean as Nick says if Barnsley go up there's no chance but <laughs> who knows otherwise he was actually going to be on my list as well which is helpful uh, Forrest did try to sign him last summer uh, they, they were keen on him then and it, it didn't quite happen uh, in fact they also tried to sign Hurahan so uh, you're probably on the right path there Nick with two of them I, I, I don't know whether Hurahan had a host of interest in, in coming to Forest. I'm not sure well, they Try got saying pos- that three times fast. Hurahan <laughs> had a host of interest. <laughs> uh, he, he, but, but Mauer, I think, might be more of a valid target, I think. Uh, I think they might have a decent chance of getting him if there's no Premier League interest. He, he, he would absolutely fit the bill. Uh, whether they can get Garner or not, I'd, I'd be interested in, in trying to sign him. I also think they should go for you know, a striker as well. We spoke about Dwight Gale, I think, in the last podcast, but I think he's signing a new contract or has signed a new contract now. So he's he's ruled out. That that would leave Britta Sombolonga. Do you go back? Do you go back to old territory and a, a player who left under a bit of a cloud? I, I think I could probably swallow that if he came back for a reasonable wage and, and started scoring goals again. I think all would be forgiven, wouldn't it? I don't know. Uh, there are signings out there that you could probably get without spending a great deal of money, which would always be a, a bonus. I don't know whether we covered this last week or not, but I'd definitely go for Christie and Kravinovic as well. I think they've both done really well. And if they could be signed for, I think you might have to pay a, full, a small fee for Christie because he Fulham do have an option to extend his contract, but he'd still be a worthwhile signing in my book. I looked at a couple of midfielders as well. I thought maybe James McCarthy from Crystal Palace is out of contract. Mm. He's a little bit injury prone. Um, maybe maybe reaching for the stars here, but John Lundstrom also out of contract at the end of this season. Sheffield United, not big payers, so Forrest might be able to, to match uh, his wages. Uh, Andros Townsend and Jacob Murphy as well. You know, the Murphy brothers perennially linked with Forrest. Yes. Townsend's a, a grafter. Whether he'd be prepared to step down or not, I'm not sure. Uh, and and strikers, the obvious one, Sergio Aguero. You know, out of contract. Uh, here he's a fan of Hooters, um, so there's half a chance he could come in. Uh, in terms of uh, people, listeners have suggested. Here's one that Forrest have been linked with, Paul. Let's see if there's anything new you can tell us about Luke Jeffcott. Um, Liam says we should 
break the bank for him. 16 goals uh, for Plymouth this season. He also mentioned Siriki Dembele. I, I guess Jeff Cott's maybe a little more likely than Dembele. I think Jeff Cott was somebody that was definitely on, on Forest radar when, when Gary Brazil was given a promotion earlier in the season and a, a slightly more broad role beyond the youth academy and was asked to put his fingerprints on domestic scouting as well. I think that was. I think Jeff Cott was uh, one of the players they they highlighted as being a, a potential target. I, I like him. I think he'd be a good addition. You know, it's probably the kind of. I know Forrest had to pay a vast amount of money to sign Britta Sombolonga from Peterborough, but I, I think there's a marketplace there for for signing strikers from a lower level and seeing if they can make the the, the step up. Why not? He's young. He's shown he's got potential. If it could be done for a decent amount of money, he'd be a he'd be a good signing for me. And you know, it would add a little bit of youthfulness to a front line that does have quality, but but also has you know a combined age of a of a I don't know. <laughs> of my house <laughs> <laughs> Joe Piggott might be another one who'd come into that category 15 goals 5 assists and a poor Wimbledon team this season he might be uh, he might be worth a look here's one from David who suggests Barry Bannon might be available on a free in the summer Nick particularly if Sheffield Wednesday go down I guess is is he somebody who'd be capable of, of filling a Ghana shaped hole in midfield yes yeah, so I suppose a slightly different player he doesn't necessarily uh, I don't think he necessarily um, will Play us the same kind of role as um, as Garner, but yeah, I mean, always thought he was a very good player, experienced them well in a what we'll call a difficult season for Sheffield Wednesday. Just going back to the strikers, I'd be tempted to sign either Kiefer Moore or Matt Smith, it only so they don't can't score against Forest, because whenever they play they're not quite at Matteo Vidra levels, but whenever they play against both of them. Not not sort of world beaters by any means, but they terrify me whenever they um, play against Forest. Have you been in some of the Forest scouting meetings? Because Kiefer Moore was another one they tried to sign last summer as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, obviously Kiefer Moore more than more than Matt Smith would would, would actually be a, a half decent signing. But uh, regardless of of the logic to it, just so they can't play against Forest, that would be absolutely smashing. <laughs> <laughs> just going back to Jeff Cott, I don't know whether it's a slight concern that he hasn't actually scored in a while. I think it, I was just looking this up earlier. Um, he's scored in 14 games for, for Plymouth. By the looks of things, he hasn't actually been in, in the team for the last few. So, you know, obviously he's very young. Uh, and I, from what I saw of him earlier on this season, he was he was excellent. I wonder whether that will be a, a kind of a, a slight concern if uh, Forrest are, are looking to try and um, make a move for him in the summer. Yeah, Ryan Lowe, the manager, is a, a bit combustible, isn't he? And I think if you get on the wrong side of him, then you find yourself on the sidelines for for a little while. Um, okay, before we move on, anybody else that, uh, that came to mind name-wise? Yeah, well, uh, I mean, if um, Christie isn't an option, actually, I, I did, I made this list last week and this is, might, might be slightly dis, slightly scuppered by some news from down the road this week, but if we were, were after a right-back, I thought that it would, might be quite nice to take advantage of a burgeoning shambles at Derby and <laughs> uh, go for Nathan Byrne, who's really good. Um, mm. uh, which is uh, the primary concern a secondary concern being it would just be quite funny <laughs> <laughs> and again uh, 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 one, one thing we have maybe haven't mentioned so much is possible sort of youngsters from the Premier League on loan um, there's a kid called Elliot Anderson at Newcastle who's a sort of attacking midfielder who is by all accounts superb Every everyone that I uh, we we made a uh, podcast about him for the uh, Athletic for a, a series called The Next Big Thing, and everyone we spoke to about him was saying that this kid's going to be a star. And 
I mean, the, the way things are going for Newcastle, who'll probably be in their first team next season. But if they are, uh, if they stay up and they're planning to loan him out, then we, I think Forrest could get all over him. Um, and then on a sort of similar theme, if Forrest are after a left back, Dennis Serkin at Tottenham, really good young uh, left back, uh, really uh, one of the kind of brighter young talents at Tottenham. But obviously he's got uh, Sergio Regulon and Ben Davis ahead of him in the first team there, and of course Jose Mourinho as a manager. So um, they, if he wants any football at all, then he's probably going to have to look at a loan. Uh, and yeah, if Forrester after a left back, then he he could be an option as well. I'll chuck in a couple of um, a couple of Chelsea kids, seeing as that's my other area of, of expertise. Lewis Bate, who you also did an ex big thing pod on uh, with the excellent Chelsea youth who's a, who's a central midfielder actually not dissimilar to Garner and he, he will go out to somebody next year so he could he could be worth a look and another one is Armando Brogia who you won't be surprised to learn is currently on loan at Vitesse uh, but he is uh, already a full international for Albania he's a striker who can play anywhere sort of across the, the front three big lad he actually played in the Premier League for Chelsea last season so he might be he might be worth a look too um, I want to give the final word on this to Mark who's, who's tweeted us and I think has absolutely hit the nail on the head and beautifully summed up what being a Forest supporter is about. He says, just hope we can stop spunking bonkers wages on over-the-hill players after Jenko, etc. You need some experience, but Christ, we never get it right, <laughs> dot, 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 ever. <laughs> that just absolutely beautifully summed things up. Uh, so thank you very much for that, Mark. Uh, okay, that was fun. I look forward to revisiting that feature in August when Forrest have signed all the players that we've mentioned. Uh, right, to Bristol. On Saturday, Forrest head to Ashton Gate to take on beleaguered Bristol City. Nick, I say beleaguered. They're on a club record seven-match losing streak at home. They've managed a paltry one goal in that run. Um, this was not how it was supposed to go when Nigel Pearson came in. It's almost impressive, isn't it? That uh, you, 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 it's the the whole kind of you know monkeys and typewriters thing. You would have thought that if you put a a collection of footballers on a pitch for um, you know enough times, eventually they'll come up with a win or even a goal. But seven games. Christ and yeah just the, the lost the last three all, all round as well I really like Nigel Pearson even though he you, you know he's absolutely uh, an absolutely terrifying man which we, we might come on to in a moment but yeah it's it's not quite gone uh, according to plan and uh, implausibly if things the kind of trends continue as they are then Forrest might well finish above them in the in the table this season which is just silly if if you'd have said that kind of thing you know even a, a month a few weeks ago You'd think a man who fought off a pack of wolves could tame some robins <laughs> fairly easily, but it's just not happened for him in, in the last couple of weeks. He, he's one of those characters you really wouldn't want to be having a full-time team talk with if, if you've cocked it up again, would you? you you'd, you'd be cowering in your seat, just just hoping for it to be over as quickly as possible. Uh, you, you talk to people within football and they say that he's quite a lovely, charming, humorous man behind the scenes, but uh, I, I think he saves that persona for when he's not around the media. Uh and and yeah, I, I, I love. I don't know if you guys listen to, it, and I don't want to plug another podcast, but Atletico Mints do a very good skit on him. That's 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 very amusing. Uh, where he just wants to fight the world, and and it seems it seems very fitting. Has he ever come close to managing Forest? Because he's from Nottingham, isn't he? And he's done Leicester and Derby, so he, he must have been linked at some point. He's definitely been linked. I'm not sure if he's ever got in the door for an interview or been, you know, on any kind of shortlist. Uh, 
it's a bit of a surprise really because he is he's got a great track record at this level you know the job the job he did just down the road at Leicester for example was outstanding and and it's a bit of a surprise as, as Nick said that you know, he hasn't really turned it round at Bristol City yet. When you saw that he'd they'd appointed him, you thought, "Oh, that's them sorted." Then they'll they'll be okay. So it's a bit bewildering. Hopefully, it doesn't end up being this weekend that everything falls into place for them. Yeah, I I, I like him. I wouldn't want to have an argument with him. But but if uh, if he was your manager of, of your club, you'd you'd be quite happy in terms of the the job he'd do. I wonder if now Worrell and McKenna have established themselves as the first choice centre half pairing. I know you're a, you're a Figueiredo guy, but but given what's happened in the last two games, those two have got the shirts to lose, haven't they? No, I, I'm a fan of Figueiredo, but I'd, I'd make no bones about the fact that my, my first choice central defensive duo would be uh, would be Worrell and McKenna. Uh, they. They, they just balance each other out nicely. I mean, Worrell does a good job when he plays on the left side of defence, but it isn't his natural position, and he has to do that when he plays with Figueiredo. So just having him back on the right side as a right footer and McKenna in as a left footer, McKenna looks a heck of a player. Uh, he just seems to be good at... Uh, one, one, one strength he has that stands out for me among many is that he, he, he seems to have an understanding of when he can carry the ball out from the back and, and just get Forrest on the front foot. If he spots a gap, he'll go into it and it, it just creates an extra man in midfield and immediately gives Forrest a, a bit of impetus. And I, I, I think they've been missing that sometimes. Figueredo, you know, I, I like him for a lot of reasons, but he doesn't particularly do that. He doesn't have the confidence to do it. I think it's rubbing off on Worrell because he does it a little bit more, I think, when McKenna's in the side. It, it just all round gives a better balance to, to Forrest. And I, I, I think they, moving forward, if if presuming no massive, eye-watering, tempting bids come in for Worrell over the summer, uh, it, it's one of the things that gives you a lot of optimism for next season if they can keep those two together as a, a central defensive duo. In fact, more broadly, that entire back four, because I like Tyler Blackett as well, Christie has come on leaps and bounds. If they could keep that four with Bryce Samba behind them, I, I think that would be a great, great starting point to build on as a, as a back four. I don't think there'd be many better ones in, in the Championship, if I'm honest. Another cause for optimism over the last few weeks, Nick, has been the form of, of Alex Mighton. We just put him in ahead of Knockart now, I think, shall we? And he seems a lot more up for it than Knockart is, if, the, if you'll allow me that very basic piece of analysis. <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I mean, I, 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 don't, I, I don't know whether, you know, that there is any problems with motivation with knockout or whatever but it does seem um if Forrest aren't going to sign knockout in the summer and uh, you know as we covered last week I rather hope that they don't particularly if they have to pay a lot of money for him then there doesn't seem to be a huge amount of point in um playing him many times for the rest of the season obviously Hewton has been very uh, sort of early in the season they were being quite cautious about uh, giving Martin too much too soon but uh, you know he, he he's he's I think firmly graduated from exciting prospect to actual member of the proper member of the first team would probably be in most fans uh, starting 11 so yeah I mean uh, obviously Mike, Mike could play on the left and knockout could play on the right but if he give me the choice between the two for the rest of the season then then certainly Alex Mighton. We've been following Forrest for decades and decades, and I don't know about you two, but I never learn. I'm listening to this thinking, this, next season's going to be brilliant. I mean, we're just absolutely going to storm the championship with this squad. Um, yeah, maybe not. Uh, Forrest haven't got a great record at Ashton Gate. Uh, their last win there was 10 years ago this month. Chris Boyd scored twice, uh, and yeah. I may just have spoiled, did they really play for Forrest there? Okay, just um, sorry, just need to delete a couple of... <laughs> okay, right, yep, carry on. Uh, Bristol City versus Nottingham Forest gets underway at 3pm this coming Saturday. We'll talk it through on next week's show. 
Okay, we're heading towards stoppage time now, but there's still time for this. Yes, it's did they really play for Forest? Nick gives us some clues about an obscure former Forest player, and Paul and I feel bad about our inability to identify them. Over to you, Nick. It's Paul's favourite time of the week. This is the week. This is the week. <laughs> uh, I just just uh, before I embark on the clues here, just like to just concentrate on the exact name of this quiz for this one. So just you know, just something to bear in mind there. Okay, clue number one. I made my Premier League debut in a team alongside Teddy Sheringham. Hmm. Uh, okay, uh, I've got a guess. Paul, have you? You you go for it, mate. I'm going to say John Curtis. Incorrect. Well, at least I had a go. Yeah. Paul, <laughs> anything? Uh, well, I, I was thinking something random like somebody from... Mm. No, I haven't, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, clue number two. I am Scottish, won 36 caps for the national team, but I never played in Scotland as uh, in club football. Hmm. Okay. Played with Teddy. The problem with the Teddy Sheringham clue is that he's had more clubs than Tiger Woods. So it's yes. not. I knew what I was doing with that one, mate. <laughs> Scottish international. Yeah, Forest never played in Scotland. Internationals. So it should be. Uh, no, it's not Gareth Williams. Um, no, I don't. Have you got a guess, Paul? I was going to say Coldwood, but that's the wrong era for him starting in the same team as Sheringham. No. Are you, is that is that a, is that an official guest, Paul? Calderwood, yes. You're correct. It's Colin Calderwood. Yay! <laughs> yes, there you go. Wow. See, he made his Premier League. Oh, okay. So it's Spurs, sort of ninety-three-ish time. Yeah, he yeah. Played in Scotland either. Yeah. Crikey. Oh well. Uh, three. I feel like doing. I feel like doing Paul. a lap around the living room. <laughs> do it, mate. Do it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, there you go, Colin Calderwood. Played eight games in, I think, the 2000-2001 season. He played alongside John Terry, I seem yeah. to remember, yeah. in uh, in the centre of defence. He's had a lot of jobs since he He injured had... himself quite badly, didn't he? Mm. Was that... A... Yeah, I think it, he... he it, it, I don't think it was quite the end of his career at Forest, but um, he did certainly didn't play on for much longer after that. Um, and yeah, short uh, loan spell that should have been longer. And did he used was, to play for Mansfield? Quite short, I think. Yes, he did, didn't he? Started mm. his career at Mansfield. Lovely bloke, really nice guy. Currently assistant head coach at Blackpool. Started at Mansfield and, and played for, yeah, played for Knots after. And there was after that Forest, banner, wasn't there, in the Trent end after Forest beat Yeovil that said he does know what he's doing. There was a game at Doncaster where Forest had lost, and I think they were eleven points or something like that off. Uh, off promotion at that point with about seven games left and he'd just finished his interviews and he'd said that they were still going to win promotion and I was loudly <laughs> talking about what a load of old bollocks that was and how he was deluded <laughs> didn't realise he was still right behind me but he was very very nice about it and uh, he, he turned out to be right uh, so you know who had the last laugh I suppose I think I was at that I was at that Doncaster game and it was at the was it the, the game at the old Doncaster Stadium or, or the old Bellevue place and my god that was one of there have been several low points in my forest supporting lifetime but standing on that open terrace while we were getting pumped by Doncaster and I, I seem to recall in the pissing rain as well that wasn't yeah, that wasn't my finest you'll enjoy the uh, promotion campaign next season and, and, and you'll have deserved to do so alright that'll just about do it for this week Paul I mentioned your piece on the state of the forest squad it's got some lovely graphics in there as well can you plug it for us 
Outstanding graphics, yes. Uh, it's basically off the back of our conversation last week. I thought it'd be worth putting into words and, and going into an extreme level of detail. We've basically talked about every single Forest player in the Forest squad and what the future might hold for them. Um, so, yeah, if you've got uh, 10 or 15 minutes to spare, get yourself a cup of coffee and, and read that and enjoy uh, Tom's wonderful graphics that go with it. When you see the actual squad on paper, it's all done positionally and you kind of see the players that are out of contract, the players that are under contract, the players that are on loan. And you, you can kind of see the mismatch when you see it in front of you and, and, and the work that's still got to be done this summer. There is potential there. There's side foundations, but goodness, there's still got to be some some trimming done and some astute business done in terms of bringing players in as well. But all of that's in the piece. It's uh, Hopefully it neatly neatly sums things up and sums up what they've got to do. Yeah, go check that out. How about you, Nick? What have you been working on? Well, I suppose that the one thing I will point you in the direction of is um, a feature that have been running on the Totally Football Show, uh, the Intertotally Quiz, which, if you're not familiar, pits Totally Football Show regulars against each other in a uh, fight of general knowledge and, you know, general all-round kind of uh, football wisdom and uh, on on the Monday's edition of the podcast uh, it was the uh, very elevated and lofty and intellectual New York Times chief football correspondent uh, Roy Smith against Matt Davis Adams and look which (laughs) smiling little face won. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, he's written loads of books as well, hasn't he, Rory? Really clever bloke, really knows his yep. stuff. So, big upset. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm, I'm going out in the quarterfinals, aren't I? Let's be honest. But, um, but hey, Have you got Coxie? Yeah, Michael Cox in the quarterfinals, oh. a draw that nobody wanted. Um, and I didn't win, <laughs> did they really play for Forest this week either? So, I'm going into it short of confidence, which is not great. Um, You'll be back next week, trust me. <laughs> that was a great get, Colin Calderwood on that clue. Very, very impressive stuff. Uh, listener, you can subscribe to The Athletic right now for the special price of £3.99 a month for six months. That's 40% off the price of a full subscription. You'll enjoy great analysis and in-depth features from the very best football writers around, as well as ad-free versions of all of our podcasts. So go to theathletic.com slash forestpod to take advantage of this special 40% discount. That's theathletic.com slash forestpod. And if you're enjoying the show, please leave us a review and that's just about it for this week many thanks to the chaps for their company to producer AD for putting it all together and mainly to you listener we'll catch up same time again next week until then from all of us here it's goodbye The Athletic <laughs>